0: Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. It's good to be back with you. Me and my wife have been away for uh, a couple weeks on vacation. Appreciate Pastor Devin and Pastor Mitch teaching uh, while we were gone. And just need to make one announcement to you. I'm going to do a standalone message this morning, and it's just called Born Free. It's going to be a message about not just national freedom, but spiritual freedom. We've been announcing to you that next weekend, we had a guest with us from Gateway Church, and it was going to be a worship weekend. Um, They had some complications with their schedule, so that's not going to happen next weekend. So we're going to reschedule that, so that won't be next weekend. Um, So I'm going to start a new series next weekend. It's called Prophets, Punks, and Predicaments. You don't want to miss that. Uh, But we do appreciate you being here with us this morning. And, you know, this is uh, a national holiday where we as Americans celebrate the 4th of July. Uh, we celebrate it with barbecues, with parades, and, and with fireworks. How many of your dogs have been freaked out for the last couple nights? <laughs> My big dog, for the first time ever, I saw him get freaked out last night. He uh, charged in the house because of all the fireworks. Uh, but what we're really celebrating this weekend is the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which gave our nation um, national sovereignty and, and freedom and declaring us as a nation. And as they signed that document, there was a spirit behind that document. It was a spirit that would uh, liberate us from tyranny, liberate us from bondage, lead us, uh, liberate us from uh, and give us independence from Great Britain. Great Britain. Been away for a couple weeks. I'll get it right here in a second. Great Britain. Uh, that document, as you know, gave us certain authorities. It gave us certain freedoms like the freedom of speech the freedom of religion, um, the freedom of choice, and how we know that um, that's being challenged in the day and the hour that we live in. But uh, but we are still free people living in a free country. I've been to many other countries, and people do not have the choices and the freedoms that we often take so, so lightly here because we're used to them. But there are many places where that's not as true as it is here. Uh, but I believe it's proper that we honor those who forged that document and those over the years who have also fought to defend that document. Amen. And uh, I, I believe it's a, a great privilege that you and I were born free. Look at someone and say, I'm born, I'm born free. I also believe that there's an even greater freedom than just that natural freedom from, we get from being in America. But for those of us who are Christ followers, we also know that there is spiritual freedom. Anyone ever experienced that spiritual freedom, that that Jesus gave us, that he liberated us from the, the tyranny of sin and, and from the law. And, and so we, we, we're, we're grateful for that freedom. And, and freedom really means two things. It means to be released from a restraint, but it also means to be released to be uh, able to believe and behave as you desire. And so not only is there this natural or, or national freedom that we're so privileged to have, but as Christ followers, we also are privileged to be reborn free. Amen. And and so this morning, uh, I I want to take a look at that, and and freedom brings with it certain privileges, but I believe this is a word we don't use enough, freedom also brings not only privileges, but it brings certain uh, responsibilities with us, with it, and I believe that along with with freedom comes this responsibility that that we celebrate freedom, that we um, promote freedom, and that we always defend freedom, and I would like to start this morning in the book of Galatians, this is chapter 5 and verse 1. If you'd read along with me, it says this. At last we have what? At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us what? For at last we have freedom, because Christ is the one who has set us free. Now, I like the end of this verse. It says we must always cherish this truth. What truth? That Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth, and we must firmly refuse to do what? to go back into the bondage of yesterday. So we have to cherish freedom, which means we honor that freedom, and we have to have this firm refusal that we will not go back into the past bondage that we had. I love that phrase, and I love that translation, but I did a little bit uh, of digging into the Greek to find out exactly how that is worded, how it would translate to you and me. And I love this. It really means to be steadfast, or check this out, to hold your ground. So what Galatians, the book of Galatians says is that we have been freed, we've been given freedom in Christ, that we should cherish it and we should hold our ground and never let ourselves go backwards. So if this scripture is correct, it would be the will of God that you and I live in freedom. It would be the will of God that we stay in freedom because we can do what we can regress if we're not aware and we're not holding our ground. I love that phrase, hold your ground. Look at someone and say, that's good. So to hold your ground, so then I I dug into that a little bit for you, and it means a couple things. First of all, it means that you defend or protect yourself. So the Bible is saying that we have to defend or protect our freedom. Don't take it lightly. Cherish it. Stand your ground in your freedom. And then it means this. This is so um, timely. It means this, that we should refuse to change our beliefs despite pressure to alter them. Isn't that good? that we should cherish freedom in such a way that we're going to hold our ground and we will never change our beliefs, even if there is pressure for us to change them. How many know we're living in a season and a moment where there's a lot of pressure to change what we believe? And I want to give you a word from Jesus, hold your ground. Not just uh, in this national freedom uh, ideal, but also in your own spiritual freedom There's also pressure for you to give up ground that Christ has taken in your life. And I got a word for you, hold your ground. Even though the devil or society or culture or circumstances or conditions would try to pressure you to change what you believe, don't you change what you believe. So your freedom isn't automatic, just like the country that we are in. There are those who shed their blood, gave their time, gave their lives that we would have freedom. Jesus gave his time, his energy, and his very life that we would have freedom. So hold your ground. Hold your ground in that freedom. It's the will of God that you live in freedom. So I want to take that phrase, hold your ground, and I want to tell you um, how freedom happens and what it really means to hold, what you need to hold on to to remain in freedom. Y'all ready to go? I'm going to keep moving because it's a little warm. It's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's a little warm. But, but three light points this morning. These are the things you've got to hold on to if you're going to hold your ground and have spiritual freedom. Number one, you hold on to his presence. Everyone say his presence. You hold on, hold your ground. Don't back off. You hold your ground in his presence. Look at this scripture. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17. For the Lord is the Spirit... And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? You got to hold on, make room for, and hold your ground in the presence of Jesus. Because wherever the presence of Jesus is, guess what there is? There's freedom. There will always be freedom where the presence of the Lord is, there will always be liberty. The Bible says where the presence of the Lord is. So uh, you maybe have been to places, you may have even been to a church where the spirit of the Lord wasn't there and there was not freedom there. But if you ever walked into a place or a church where the presence of Jesus was, one thing you knew is things in your life would begin to liberate. There would be a, a, a freedom that was present in his presence. And so wherever the presence of Jesus is, in your life, if there are areas that aren't completely free yet, if you continue to invite the presence of Jesus, you cannot stay captive in those areas, because his presence brings this freeing power with it. So when the scripture says, at last we're free, because Christ has given us freedom, hold on to that ground, that means you continue to visit, make room for, allow, be led by the spirit of Jesus. Because wherever the spirit of Jesus is, guess what there is? There is liberty. There's liberty from the things that have bound you. There's liberty from the things that have held you captive. So wherever the presence of Jesus is, uh, this is the way I wrote it down. Wherever his presence and power are present, prioritized, and promoted, freedom is what, is what accompanies it. So if there might be areas in my life, if there might be these areas in your life, and you're not free in those areas... If you make it a priority to be in the presence of Jesus, to continue to invite the presence of Jesus into those situations, you will eventually find freedom in those areas. Areas that you might have been, you say, what kind of areas do you mean? Well, how about this? Some of you have experienced just being bound by fear. And the Bible clearly says that's a spirit. Spirit. And a lot of us give in to, free, to fear, and we're, a lot of us know what it's like to be held captive by fear. Or maybe you're facing something in your life, a diagnosis, a situation, a setback, and fear is just gripping you and it's, it's accompanying you. I want you to know, one way that you hold your ground, because you'll have to hold your ground in those situations, is by the presence of Jesus. And whatever it takes to stir up your awareness of the presence of Jesus, whether it's a worship song, being in a church service, being around the right people, being in the Word of God, it will make you more and more aware of the presence of Jesus, and those things cannot continue to exist in your life. In other words, Jesus himself is a jealous God, and he doesn't want to share the room of your heart and your mind with fear. He doesn't want to share space with depression. He doesn't, want to share, he doesn't want to share space, and if you give him more and more space in your life, he will set you free in those areas, those areas that maybe you've been captive to, but, um, maybe you feel like you've been enslaved to some areas, um, maybe there's been some, some trends, or some, the Bible calls them the wiles of the devil, that keep, uh, uh, held you captive, or maybe they're just some religious thoughts. Listen, the Bible, know, the Bible tells us this, that, that because of Christ, at last we are free, hold your ground. The country that we're living in, I want you to hear this right now, no matter what oppression, no matter what challenges are around us, hold on to the presence of Jesus. When, that, when the Constitution was penned, that were men who knew about the presence of Jesus. I believe it's the only country that's ever made itself to honor God. I believe it's the only country that God was, was in the room when that document was being signed at that moment, and there's a special freedom on America. America, hold your ground. Don't give up the presence of Jesus. Don't give up the priority of Jesus. There is a spirit behind the Constitution, and there is a spirit behind your freedom. So hold your ground. Look at someone say, he's talking to you this morning. Hold your ground. Psalm 119 verse 45 says this, I will walk about in freedom. I like that. I, like that. I will walk about in freedom. And for those of us who have been born and lived in this country, we have known what it's like to walk around in freedom. Other countries don't know that. But to walk around in freedom. Look what it says. For I have sought out your precepts. So you hold your ground by holding on to the presence of Jesus. And you hold your ground by holding on to the precepts of Jesus. The the contemporary English version says this. I have gained perfect freedom by following your teachings. What is a precept? A precept is just. The teachings of God. It's just the teachings from Scripture. A precept is a point from Scripture. It's the theme from Scripture. And whether you uh, maybe have been aware of this or not, there's an onslaught or an attack or a strategy in our country against the Word of God. The devil's after the Word of God in your life. That's his strategy. The devil's after the Word of God. That this country was uh, founded upon. That this country was um, based upon. And so there's a real push in the culture today. A spiritual push to take the word of God in scripture. And make it just a story about God. And relegating it just to a philosophy. Or just a theory. or, 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 Or just some thoughts about God. But it's not just the story of God. It's not just the interpretation of man about God. It's God breathed. The precepts of God is God breathing his truth, his authority, and putting it through the the pens of, of man and getting it on paper. So you and I have this great privilege to read the word of God and believe the word of God and confess the word of God. And I want to warn you about something because the Bible says this, that Jesus is the word of God. And if we would deny any area of the word of God, we are denying Jesus. Because he is the word of God. Don't let culture water down the word of God. Don't let culture um, water down the truth of scripture. You got to hold your ground. Hold your ground with the presence of God. And hold your ground with the word of God or the precepts of God. <laughs> hold on to them. I, I came across this somewhere recently. and it, it, this study say if you read the word of God one to three times a week, it doesn't show much change. But when you read it the fourth day, there's a spike in change. Victories witnessed more dramatically in areas of depression, anger, bitterness, marital healing, alcohol, drugs, sexual addictions. They drop by almost 70%. Sharing your faith jumps almost 200%. I don't know what the difference is between reading it three days and the fourth day. I think you go from information to transformation is what I think happens. But we need to not just read the scripture when it's on the screen on Sunday, but you need to open the Word of God. It's a privilege to have the precepts of God, whether it's on your your smartphone. I'm convinced that's the only thing that has made a cell phone smart is if you have a Bible app on it because they have a mind of their own. But we've got to be in the Word of God so the Word of God gets, gets in us. And I want to just, I just want to, I want to talk for a moment about something that I think is important, and I've said it before, and you've heard me say it, but I believe that it's important for us to understand this, that we have to have a conviction that scripture is true, or, can, or culture will cancel us. You've heard that phrase, the cancel culture. If we do not have a 100% conviction that scripture is absolutely true, we are in danger of being canceled by culture. And this is the statement that I want to make to you, and I want you to understand what I'm about to say to you because I think it will help you. Some of you are going to tune me out when I say this, but there are a lot of things happening in our culture, in our world today, and the church is so important right now because the church is God's vehicle for truth, because truth is being attacked, truth is being diluted, And the the things I want to say for a few minutes are about how the church needs to be responding right now, because I have heard a phrase that I want to tell you is a dangerous phrase, and the phrase goes a little bit something like this: "We just need to have some conversations," and that's not that's not the bad part, but it's that we need to be more open-minded as Christians. Now, hear me: I don't believe we need to be more open-minded. I believe we need to be more open-hearted. But our mind needs to be focused on the Word of God. If Jesus said it, that settles it. Now, that's not, that's not a, an arrogant statement. That's just to say, if Jesus said you're free, be close-minded about that. I'm free. If Jesus said you're a conqueror, you be close-minded about that. If Jesus said that sin, you be close-minded. Not close-minded to the people, but to these, these topics these, these issues that we're having. Let's, be, let's not be open-minded. We've been so open-minded that our brains have fallen out, y'all. We, we, we need to be closed-minded. If Jesus settles, said it, it settles it in my life. But we need to be open-hearted to people. Do you understand the difference? That's how we need to live right now. Let's have an open heart to the condition of people. Because some of you used to be like that. Some of us used to talk like that. Some of us used to think like that. So to be too open-minded does not mean we shut people off because we're open-hearted, but it means if Jesus said it, that settles it in my life. If he says that, it settles it in our life. And I do believe that we're in a moment, in a season, that that we need help as Christians because there's a lot of confusion in the lives of believers today. And there are so many churches that have allowed themselves to be too open-minded to where Scripture is not a conviction. Scripture is not sole authority. And Scripture is not staying the inherent word of God. We have brought cultural principles in and we've compromised what Jesus said. We have compromised what God pinned for us. We need to get back to a conviction. And everything we're facing before us as a country today, you know, God has this amazing way of, of doing things. If I was God, I would have zapped some people, I would have toasted some people, I would have overthrown a lot of things. But we serve a God who's full of grace, mercy. He operates by channels of authority. He, he, he's, just a, he, he's just a wise God. He's a wise God. And, you know, so one opportunity we have as a country is is we get to vote on things. And I just want to say some things to you. When you go to the polls this fall, we need to vote like we believe the word of God is true. We need to vote like the word of God is the conviction of our life. When you go to a poll, we, we, we don't vote because of a party. You know, Jesus wasn't a Republican. He wasn't a Democrat. We don't vote because of a party. We don't vote because of gender. We don't vote because of race. We don't vote because of personality. We have to go into a, 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 first of all, we should go. And second of all, we have to go in with a conviction of of how would, how would Jesus vote? Maybe we need to get some new bracelets. Um, Vote according to the conviction of the word of God. You know, I read this the other day. It it, it basically, it said this in the book of, of Proverbs. It says this, it says that God's people will watch people act foolishly that are in power, but then will watch it crumble. And I believe there's a season and a moment where foolishness will crumble because truth always rises, truth always lasts, truth always stands. And there are some liberties and some things I believe God Things are so important that we need to get right. I'm going to mention a few. Can you all handle for just a moment? Yes. And when it comes to politics, you know, I've had people say this to me, um, uh, different people emails and, and tell me it's that they don't feel like they should come to church and hear about politics. And when they said that to me, I said, I agree 100%. I don't want to talk about politics in church. But that day's over. We didn't used to have to do that. You need to hear truth right now from, pol- from a pulpit. You need to hear truth right now from scripture, but you got to hear where we're not going to throw opinions in, we're just going to preach truth. But listen to me, there are some things, freedom has to be defended. It has to be defended with muscle, it has to be defended with speech, it has to be defended by voting. Truth is something that we have to defend, and freedom is, is being attacked right now, and we have to defend it. So here's some things as believers we need to defend. We need to defend the sanctity of life. Our country is going... Bonkers right now because of things that have uh, happened, you know, in, uh, in in the Supreme Courts. And thank God that's a move toward life. And I know there's arguments around it, but as believers, we always have to defend the sanctity of life. The number one killer in America is is America killing the destinies of little babies before they're even born. And life isn't life isn't just unborn babies. Life can also mean No, we always stand for life. Life is a God-granted blessing. Whether that's the freedom people have or whatever, but we have to defend the sanctity of life. We have to defend the sanctity of marriage. And whether it's popular or not, from the beginning, Adam, Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of of Eden, not Adam and Steve, it was Adam and Eve all the way back, and I know that's a hot topic, and I know that's a challenging topic, and I know there's a lot of confusion around that, and where do we stand? Open heart towards people, but a closed mind towards scripture. Marriage is a man and a woman, and there are lots of reasons why, why, why there's confusion. Sin entered the world, and our thinking has become um, debased, but we have to defend marriage. So, why do we have to defend these things? Because the future of your children, future generations are at stake. That if they believe wrong about these things, we have to defend the right and the sanctity of worship. The sanctity of worship. Did we get to worship? Did we get to have a church service like this? You know, there, there, there's something floating around in Congress uh, with the gas prices and with COVID and all that where they wanted to um, not let you drive on Sundays. Well, what happens on Sundays? church. Well, we still have live stream. We'll have it on Saturday. We'll have it on Monday if we have to. But but we need to protect um, the sanctity of worship. We need to protect the sanctity of God's people. The sanctity of God's people is the church and it's Israel. These are protections that you and I as believers need to know and hold on to. And the sanctity of scripture, the convictions we have, the votes we go and we in, in a voting booth, the votes that we, the little um, chads that we fill in. This is how we vote. I would never tell you who to vote for, but I will tell you to take the, take the, the conviction of Scripture into that voting booth. Now, now I, I want you to know this: when they signed the Declaration of Independence, there was a spirit behind that document, and there's also authority behind that document. That's why we are able to hold on. To the rights that we have. And, they're, and they are under assault right now in America. There are rights that our constitution has given us. And they're under assault. Just like the word of God is under assault right now. And the, and the word of God for believers, that's our constitution. That's our covenant with God. That, that's, that's what God has pinned for you and I. So we need to hold on to the presence of God. And we need to hold on to the precepts of God. And lastly, I'm moving as fast as I can. Lastly, the last life point is this. That we hold on to his power. How many know we serve a God of power? I want to thank all three of you that believe that. How many know we serve a God of power? So if you're going to stand in freedom, you got to hold on to his presence. You have to practice his presence. You have to hold on to those precepts, and you have to hold on to his power. And and, and here's what I mean by that. John chapter chapter 8, two verses. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him. So Jesus would say this same thing to us. If, everyone say if. You know, if is a, is a powerful word. If you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, this won't, this won't happen. But if you abide, everyone say abide, in my word, then you are my disciples. How do we know you're a disciple? You're abiding in the word of God. The word abide means that you remain, that you remain constant, that you're holding your ground. You're, you're remaining consistent. If you will abide in the word of God, then you, you are his follower. Let's read the rest of that that next verse. And, so you're his follower, and, don't you like when God puts an and in there? And you shall know what? The truth. What do we need to know in this world, this moment today, when everyone's confused and everything is diluted? We need to do what? Know the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth is going to do something. It's going to keep you what? Free. As believers, we've got an edge. We know the truth, and the truth lets us stay what? Free. There's power in abiding. Abiding means you remain constant. You remain consistent. And it says you will know the truth, and the truth will liberate you. And I know I've taught this before, but that little word know, in the Greek, is a bigger word than it is in English. In English, it's like to understand something. But, But in the Greek... Language, it's an intimate word. It's actually the word for sexual intercourse. So what what scripture is saying, Jesus said it himself, if you stay consistent in the word, if you keep believing what my father said, if you keep believing me, you keep believing in me, you keep believing in the precepts, guess what? You're going to have an intimate encounter with the truth. And it's gonna liberate you. There's power in the word of God. There's power in truth. And check this out. There, there's so much falseness and so much deception around us today that when we know truth, and we know that truth is in a, it's not a principle, it, it's not a theory, it's a person. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Yeah. When you know him, guess what it does in your life? It sets you free. Free from what? Fear from everything that's going on. Free what? Free from all the stuff that's happening around you. To know the truth, when you know the truth. You're liberated. You're set free. Free from what had you captive and free to be able to believe and behave as you would desire. Listen to this. Truth setting you free means this. A condition of being liberated from confinement, servitude, and restriction. A condition of being able to believe and behave as you desire. In other words, freedom depends on you knowing truth. So when they signed the constitution, there was a spirit behind it. It gave authority and it produced effects. The effects that we live in today, the freedoms we have today. And the freedom, of Jesus, the freedom that Jesus gave on the cross also liberated us, set us free. And the Bible says, if you continue in those things, you'll keep knowing the truth and you'll be set free. I wanna close with, with this scripture. I read this scripture, taught on this scripture, a few weeks ago on on first Wednesday. And I thought it would be good to refer back to this because I think it lets us understand how to live right now. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus said this, I'm going to send you like a lamb into a pack of wolves. Thank you, God. (laughs) I'm going to send you like a lamb into wolf territory. It actually means hostile territories. So God said, I'm going to be sending you like a lamb into hostile territory. How many of you as a believer right now feel like you're in hostile territory? So Jesus predicted this. It's going to feel hostile around you. So then he tells us what to do. Be as wise as a snake and as innocent as a dove. But don't say amen like, you, like that makes sense. Because in the natural, I'm like, snake, dove, wolf country. Let me unpack that for you. What the scripture is really saying to you and me is I'm sending you into hostile territory. So you need to walk in courage. And you need to be wise. Here's what that means. You need to understand the times that you're in and the season that you're in and the moment that you're in. And you need to be able to separate one thing from another You need to be informed, not disinformed, and you need to be able to separate these things and understand the seasons that we're in. So what seasons are we in? We're in a season, you want want me to just tell you what the devil's doing right now? I'll just tell you. Because when these things happen, everyone, that's the end of the world, it's the end of the world, it's the end time, and it is the end times. But the enemy is a counterfeiter, and he's trying to speed up the timetable. So he's doing things in the earth right now. It it can't last because the timetable of the earth and the return of Jesus and the end of all things and the change of the era, that's God's timetable. The enemy's trying to pressure it and speed it up right now. It won't work. It will not last. So we got to be wise. These are these are symptoms and signs and images of things to come. But y'all, we're the church. And the devil cannot have complete control. And these things cannot take complete control until the church is out of here. So understand the times that we're in. Understand this is the enemy. Understand there, there there are principalities and powers, but they work through the personalities of people. Understand that there are things that are going on. But y'all, we're the church, we're his people. We understand these things. Don't be in fear. The Bible says when you see all this stuff happening, what you got to do is keep your head, keep looking up, keep looking up, keep looking up. Because Jesus is coming. Keep looking up, keep looking up. Why? Because you're actually just visiting for a while. You're here to have impact and influence. But you you actually reside somewhere else. You have a a citizenship elsewhere. Your culture is different. It's kingdom culture. You you don't have to act, breathe, believe, and be fearful like this world is right now. Why? Because you've got the mindset of God. You have kingdom culture in you. So it says, be wise and be as innocent as a dove. That means to love with responsibility. That means this. Keep your convictions. Keep honoring the word of God. Keep trusting God. Keep speaking up for the unborn. Keep speaking up for the word of God. But love people responsibly. Here's what I mean. Be closed-minded to scripture. Be open-hearted toward people. Because people... We can look around and say, people are jacked up. But you know, if you did not have Jesus, you would be jacked up more than they are. The only difference is, you've encountered Christ. He's changed your heart, He's changed, and you're free. They are not free. See, if you're not free, you think wrong, believe, you breathe wrong, you believe wrong, you talk wrong, you live wrong, you defend the wrong things. But see, you're free from all of that. But in your freedom, don't be arrogant. In your freedom, have a compassion for people what Jesus said, I'm going to send you into some hostile area. You keep wise. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't get canceled by culture. But you love them like I would love them. You have compassion like I would have compassion. That's what Jesus had. The Bible said he was going from town to town and village to village and he saw. This is what Jesus said he saw. He saw people who were harassed by the devil. And he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. You know what that literally means? It literally means he saw people who were pulling their hair out, slinging themselves to the ground in fear in torment and hopelessness because of religion and military oppression. The culture they were in. Jewish religion was letting them down. Roman um, presence was letting them down. And they were just harassed behind all that by the devil. And Jesus said, They're like sheep without a shepherd. What he was saying, they're people without a savior. They're people without a church. They're people without a pastor. That's what Jesus was saying. And Jesus said, He was moved in the bow, in His bowels with compassion. That means all the way down inside here, He was moved with compassion. And He told us to go and love on those people. So I'm a firm believer that we honor our freedom, we defend our freedom, we speak up for our freedom, and we love from a place of freedom. And as Christ followers we do the same thing, we gotta, we have to honor the freedom that Jesus gave us, we have to honor the principles he gave us in his word, his presence, his power, and we love from a place of freedom. So what I'm saying, what, what I'll call this message today, I'm gonna call it being born free. Or reborn free as a believer. Do you know that freedom could literally not mean what it should mean if there wasn't a challenge to that freedom? Just like Jesus said, I'm sending you into wolf country, have courage. If he didn't tell us to have courage, he knew we'd need courage just like he said have faith if there was nothing to challenge your courage or challenge your faith or challenge your freedom it wouldn't be worth it but the things that challenge us challenge that come against us come against his power his precepts and his presence are the very things that should alert the freedom that you and I have amen amen anyone grateful for the freedom that you have in this country Anyone have a greater appreciation and honor for the freedom that Jesus gave us? You know, if they lock you up for worshiping, you're still free. They put you on trial for free. You're still free. Whom the Son has set free is free what? Indeed. You know what? We're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing about that freedom. We're going to end this service with communion. I know it's getting hot in here, but we're, we're, we're going to celebrate our freedom. We're, we're, we're going to end in communion this morning. Next week, I want to tell you what happens when you give the devil the mic. So don't miss next week. But let's worship him like people that are free. Let's 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 I know it's a little toasty in here, but let's um before we go barbecue, let's have our own fireworks for a minute, all right? Let's celebrate that freedom, Pastor Shane.